know, I remember around the age of 20, 21, somewhere around there, I I can just remember at certain times in life, uh, you know, having this thought and this feeling like I was missing something and, and I just, I didn't really feel uh, connected to anything particular or anybody particular. I, I, I didn't really feel like I had any sort of uh, identity, you know. Uh, I grew up, I grew up, you know, just kind of bounced around between my, my mother and my father from one part of the United States to the other and uh, you know never really grew up with a with a solid family around me I always had my parent my one parent and then uh, you know maybe my step parent that was there uh, and possibly cousins or something that were around and you know but that was never it never lasted for very long it didn't last for more than a few years at a time and I was just back and forth so growing up as a child all the way through high school and uh, identity wasn't really something that that uh, I don't know I, I just didn't even understand what that was and I can remember sitting and thinking you know to myself what in the world what is going on what am I doing like what is basically what's the meaning of life and and uh, you know what uh, I just didn't feel like I belonged I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I uh, I don't know I guess I could say I didn't feel loved you know I didn't I think love and you know, feeling loved, you have to be connected to somebody that loves you, you know. Now, granted, my mother and my father loved me, uh, but they weren't together. And, you know, there's there's different types of love and different words in the Bible used for love. But to me you know, having family and, and having uh, that sort of identity of where you came from or where you're headed and, and what you belong to made me feel secure, right? And I didn't have that. I didn't have security or or the feeling of love. Now, you know, I, I am married into a family now that is really big and there's great-grandparents and, and grandparents and parents and great-grandchildren and all that kind of stuff and they're all close to each other and and that's a good thing, but that's never something that I ever really grew up to know and understand. Uh, and I'm not belly aching about it, but I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, background or some sort of a picture to understand why in Galatians, uh, at the very end of Galatians chapter 3, moving into Galatians chapter 4, Paul uses... Uh, this phrase and the idea of adoption for those who are in Christ and he, he tells us that in verse 26 of Galatians 3 it says for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus it says that we are sons of God and I remember he goes on to use the word adoption 
uh, that basically when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus, uh, we are adopted and we are heirs of God in Christ. And we are with Christ as the son of the Most High God. And, uh, you know, whether we replace, you know, what was referred to as the sons of God in the Old Testament, uh, I'll let you study that out if you want to. But the point is, we go from having, not having identity to having identity or realizing our true identity. And even to the point to where the Spirit of God takes up residence within us and basically, uh, you know, cries out the word in Hebrew, Abba. And the word in the the word Abba basically means it's the most intimate uh, way to say the word dad or father. It's not just it's not just uh, referring to like rank, but it's referring it's an intimate word. It it means like daddy uh, to a child, you know, just that kind of. Uh, if you have children, you can understand. If you have a healthy relationship with your child who's old enough uh, and they've ever run in and, and used uh, that form of word, you know what it means. You know, you understand what I'm saying. The love that's there, that connection there. Uh, and Paul is telling us that if we're in Christ, this is what this is where we've come to, you know, I mean, there is a unimaginable chasm between where we were having no identity to where we are now being adopted through Christ, through the, through his death, burial, resurrection. And what Jesus did was to go and redeem us and buy us back. And, and has, we have been adopted and we are brought into the family of God now. And we have this identity and I just remember that, that that was one of the most significant things to me uh, when I realized my salvation and came into the family of God was, you know, one of the greatest, one of the things that stood out to me most was that those memories specifically of when I was thinking to myself, you know, what, what why am I here? You know, why am I alive? What is the point? What's going on here? God created us, this is after the fact, I say that God created us to have a relationship with him, okay? Those of us who would believe, he wanted a family, he wanted to have fellowship with us, he wanted us to join him in what he was doing, he wanted us to be sons with, with, the, with the son. And so what did he have to do? He had to adopt us back. Now, that, that fully, the weight of adoption lies fully upon the adopter, the one who's doing the adopting. The price that had to be paid to adopt us was his own life. Christ had to die for us in our place, become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And it uh, identity is a big thing. I think a lot of people they they have they have that great void still in their life because they really just don't understand uh, 
one, the meaning of life, but two, they haven't come, you know, whether they ever will or they won't, you know, there's a difference between the person who has realized that there's been a price paid for them and that they are sons of the Most High through adoption. And the price that was paid was the Lord Jesus himself. And I, and I tell you that when you come into that realization or into that realm and you understand that you you had whether you grew up with a father on the earth or you didn't or a, a family structure like God had intended but it just had, didn't happen uh, or you didn't have a mother whatever the case is maybe maybe you were actually an orphan grew up in an orphanage yourself and you don't really have any sort of identity and uh, you may you know may have been pretty rough for you. Uh, you know, I, I know that people have had a much rougher experience in life than I have. I didn't have to grow up in an orphanage uh, where nobody, I felt as if nobody wanted me and was passed from foster parents to foster parents, that kind of thing. You know, I, I can't imagine the horrors that have been propagated through uh, the adoption process, uh, earthly speaking. Uh, I'm not saying every, you know, foster parent is that way. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I what I mean is, you may have grown up without some sort of identity, and you may still now feel that way because you're not in Christ. Understand that. You come into the body of Christ through faith in Jesus and what he's done on the cross. And, and, and eventually, probably sooner rather than later, it will just be a compulsion within you to pray and to identify with the God that created you as Father. This is what Paul says, that the Spirit of God takes up resonance and cries out from us from within us cries out Abba Father in other words Daddy right the most intimate form of uh, connection between uh, a child and his father one of the things I try to tell my three daughters and remember to tell them on the daily is that they're my daughter and I'm their father I'm their dad um I tell them four things. I tell them five or six things. I tell them, you're beautiful, brave, strong, and smart. And you're my daughter, and I'm your dad. And then I tell them about Jesus, that Jesus is their their Savior, their Lord. But I, I just wanted them to know, growing up in this world that's so, so dark and can chew you up and spit you out and not give a crap whether it does or not, that they are not what... They don't have to sell themselves. They don't have to be this or that to make people like them. They are already beautiful, brave, strong, and smart, okay? They're not ugly. They're not, they don't have to live up to this Hollywood uh, version of life. They don't have to be afraid because they're brave. 
they don't have to be weak because they're already strong and uh, they're not stupid. You know, they're not a dummy. They may have to study hard, but they're not stupid. They're smart. So I tell them that they're beautiful, brave, strong, and smart. And of course, my oldest daughter, she tells me that I'm handsome, brave, strong, and smart, right? But I also tell them that I'm their dad and they're my daughter because I remember growing up and just kind of having that empty feeling there and being bounced back and forth and passed around from parent to parent and just wasn't the way God intended it to be. But the full realization of who I am now is in Christ and I've been adopted. And there's a great significance, there's a great uh, difference rather between it shows the love of somebody who who genuinely can adopt and and love that child as their own not for the money not for the prestige not for the the perks and benefits that come from the government all that kind of crap but somebody who genuinely takes somebody in and loves them i i know a family uh good friends of ours um who adopted a child uh, after they had two of their own children and they 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 got a lot of flack from a lot of people because this child was not the same uh, didn't have the same amount of melanin in their skin or, or had it much more rather than what they had and they caught a lot of flack from people around them uh, but they they raised this child <laughs> and loved them and this child doesn't even doesn't even uh, doesn't even realize the difference between the fact that uh, his two older sisters uh, are a different skin color than he is. It, it doesn't even register to him. And his parents are a different skin color than he is. It, it doesn't even register to him. Uh, these people have taken him in, taken him in and, lo- and have loved him from a baby. And he completely identifies with them. Uh, as parents and as as siblings and and that kind of thing and you know that's a, that's a, that's a really what it was to me it seems as if it was a perfect a perfect representation of of this scripture right here where God or Paul is telling us that God has bought us and redeemed us and given us identity and that proof of identity comes out even in in prayer as we call out to the Father and in the most intimate way, uh, <clears throat> we've been adopted. And if you've not been adopted, and if you you still don't have this sort of identity within you, uh, have you repented and put your trust in the gospel? Okay? Remember, the gospel is simple. It's, it's a simple bit of good news that God became a man, he lived on this earth perfectly. He didn't sin one time. He lived perfectly by the law, lived perfectly by the Father's expectations. His name was Jesus. He was born of a virgin after the Holy Spirit conceived within the womb of Mary. And he lived on this earth for about 30 years, began to preach around the age of 30, and around the age of 33 was crucified on the cross. And as the prophet said, that it pleased the father to crush him 
under the wrath, his wrath against sin. Okay, he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of the Bible. He is the Messiah that Israel yet has accepted and the one who brings life. He is the bread of life. He is the light of life. Okay? He is the light of men. He is the word of God, which is there with the Father in the beginning. Not only was he crucified on the cross, remember, he condemned sin in the flesh, having taken on the flesh himself, yet and was and was tempted in every way such as we to sin, but never did. And having died and been been slaughtered as the lamb by his own father, though he was sinless, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that we might have a way into the presence and into the family of God. And if you hear his voice, just as the psalmist says, do not harden your hearts like those who did in the rebellion. Turn to him. If what I'm telling you resonates with you, do not harden your heart. Put your trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Not only did Jesus die and was crushed by the, his father on the cross, but three days after that, just as it was prophesied, he rose from the grave by the power of the same spirit. And then for 40 days was seen on the earth by other people. And then ascended from there, from the Mount of Olives, ascended back to the right hand of the Father. And sits in that favorable position. And we, who are in Christ, in Him, sit there as well. And that's where we are sons of God. That's where... Uh, you see, we, ident we have identity, we've been adopted, and we sit there in the favorable position, just as Jesus does, just as favored in the sight of the Father as his own son. And again, if that resonates with you, I pray that you would put your trust in him, put your trust in that, so that you also can take advantage of the adoption. This has been Reflecting Christ Podcast. My name is Colby. Again, that was Galatians chapter 4. Being adopted. Are you? Have you been? In Jesus' name.